0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Fish Bites, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. And both of us are asking the same question. When exactly is spring training going to start, Dre?
1: When? Oh, when? Are we going to have it in February? Doesn't look like it. March? Cross your fingers, hopefully.
0: Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. But again, as we've talked about several times, and it's basically the main point of conversation, CBA negotiations are still very far apart. And when you look at the fact that pitchers and catchers are basically supposed to report in a week, spring training is all but absolutely guaranteed this time to be delayed. Uh, Just a quick update from the latest round of talks. Uh, The last meeting about core economics between the league and the Players Association was a week ago, Tuesday, February 1st. It was a 90-minute meeting. It was a contentious meeting couple of the players got very ticked off to put it in the PG terms hmm. of how we should do it for the younger listeners of the Fish Bites podcast.
1: Do we have the fly-on-the-wall footage of this?
0: I really wish we did because if we did, I would really be making the push to make this podcast episode a video. What first. a
1: shame. What a shame. Yeah.
0: But I'm sure that there was a lot of money put into the swear jar by the end of the meeting. Guaranteed. Hmm. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of uh, what, what's the what's the little girl's name?
1: Phoebe? Roy yes. Kents uh, yeah. niece? Yeah, from Ted Lasso. yes. Phoebe would have had, her whole notebook would have been full, like all the way to the bottom.
0: Yep. Oh yeah. All right. So the basic gist of the meeting from last week: the union made a couple of proposals. The first one on modifying its pre-arbitration bonus pool. Again, trying to get money, a little bit more money for players in their first and second years, the top players who. Again, have to, have to wait until three years to get their pay bonus for arbitration. They made an adjustment to what they want with that bonus pool. The second one was uh, alterations to service time manipulation, which has been a key stickler issue for the players for a while now. The, in terms of pre-arbitration, their, the bonus pool that the players wanted initially was $105 million. They lowered it down to $100 million. The league's most recent offer was $10 million. So you still have that $90 million goal that you need to sort out, which doesn't seem like a lot, especially when you think about what overall salaries are, but it just see, the way that the owners have been going with it are dragging their feet there. And in terms of service time manipulation, this is actually it's interesting. It's complicated, but to try to simplify it as much as possible, uh, the Players Association is trying to do a system where Basically, the top players, the rookie of the year contenders, the players who finish in the top in war at their position or near the top in their position, but were called up so late that they wouldn't have gotten a full year of service time, get granted a full year of service time. So, for example, if you have like a Wander Franco from last year, got called up late in the game and was, if I'm right, he was runner up or third, he was in the top three for rookie of the year, he would have gotten a full year of service time for that, those couple months that he was up in the big league. It's a way, again, to reward them, push them closer to arbitration, closer to free agency, give those young players who are eventually going to be making these multi million dollar salaries. And again, the Rays gave Juan DeFranco his own salary. So that it basically, guys like him who aren't getting the contracts to sort of find that way to speed things up and recognize the guys who are getting, getting the rewards, do having the production, but. With the system right now, not necessarily getting the financial benefits from it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you'd like to see them, you know, get to that point where they get rewarded for a season like that. It's always like weird, like, you know, only that little bit, but you want to have compensation for it. But at the same time, I mean, what worries me too is how if, and you know, like he threw the money figure out there and it doesn't seem like a lot, but the gap is definitely because, I mean, look how much like they've only been able to kind of like meet. Only like a nudge in that direction so far. Like, that's what worries me is that these issues, they're still so far apart. I, you know, there's a lot of levels to this, but at the same, and and that's what worries me is how are you going to, how are you going to figure out? I mean, I guess when push comes to shove, sometimes we say that and then they figure it out in a shorter amount of time than you would expect once the pressure's on. But the pressure's going to get on pretty soon because we're getting, I mean, right now, early February, yeah, we're looking at a delay, but we're not at that. Kind of you know breaking point yet, but once you get to that point where the schedule, the real schedule, the regular season is going to get affected, then it's kind of like that's when a fire gets lit under some people, and, and then I think at that point you're going to see them a little more. on Both sides maybe willing to concede a little more, like always, like it always happens in these negotiations. But I think at some point it's got to get going because we're the clock is ticking. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it now, but you know before you know it th- this is a lot of valuable time, and then you worry about. How's this going to affect the season in terms of just conditioning? What shape are these guys going to be in? How's that going to drag into the season? All that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, no, as it is, again, March 31st is going to creep up sooner than you know it. And you'll need, at minimum, I would think you need at least four weeks to get right, especially for the pitchers.
1: Mm -hmm. You're going
0: to need at minimum a month. So if things are still like this and they're still this far apart and there's still a large bridge to gap as we get to – second, third week of February, you guys got to think that both league and players are going to be sweating about what's going to happen to the season. Are they going to lose games? Are they going to have to reschedule things? Are they going to have to push the season back? Are they going to have to make all these alterations with everything? And to segue and continue with it, after that meeting Tuesday, the league said it was going to make a counter proposal. Instead, on Thursday, two days after after that meeting, the league decided not to make a, a proposal and instead requested federal mediation. Which was used, if I remember correctly, was used back in 94, 95 when they were, when they had the strike back then. It didn't really work out then. Players rejected the request on Friday. A statement from the MLBPA, the very end of their statement was, and I quote, the clearest path to a fair and timely agreement is to get back to the table. Players stand ready to negotiate. Mm-hmm. MLB responded with his own statement saying, our goal is to have players on the field and fans in the ballpark for spring training, uh, with, can't schedule opening in less than two weeks. It's time for immediate assistance. They want it. It is clear the most productive path forward would be the involvement of an impartial third party to help bridge gaps and facilitate an agreement. MLB mm-hmm. remains committed to offering solutions at the table. That last part, they're committed to offering solutions at the table. Where's the counter proposal? Where are the negotiations mm-hmm. to help bridge that gap as the players are making concessions to right. get closer to the owner side? It's sort of right. like a you're playing both there's sides. There's no give time. and
1: there's no give and take there. You're right, exactly, and it has to be a little bit more of that. And look, I mean, I, you know how it is. They're both going to yell at each other at the beginning. They're going to get it. They're going to get it out, and that's what's going on right now. And I think at that point, eventually, they're going to have to. They're going to. It's going to have to be some, you know, some concrete kind of meet halfway points on both sides here to then get this going. But going back to what you said, you know, on the, uh, in terms of the players and getting ready for the season. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much you can do yourself in training to stay, you know, to get yourself in in shape and, 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 keep your arm fresh and build up innings and et cetera, et cetera. But you need, you need that in an organized setting too. You need these guys need to throw in front of the pitching coaches and whatnot there's valuable feedback that goes back here and there. You know, you could be, you know, you maybe you have a pitch that's a little better, maybe you have a pitch that's a little off, maybe your mechanics are off. You know what I mean? Like all all kinds of little things that happen in that organized spring training setting that you're not gonna get if you're just do if you're just doing it on your own. So until all those guys can get in there. I mean the minor leaguers are benefiting from these camps that we like the one we went to the other day and the ones that the Martins are gonna be doing weekly for the time being, but or, or twice a week. But um you know, until the guys that are really going to be the bulk of the of the players, again, the, the farther that drags, the more of a detriment it's going to be.
0: Yeah, and we're going to touch on the Marlins Development Camp up in Jupiter in a little bit. But first, just a good segue from big picture NLB to Marlins Pacific at the Marlins Development Camp. We got to talk with Kim Ang on we were up there Friday, correct? Days are already working mm-hmm. together. It's not for training yet.
1: Yes, for yeah. Friday Friday, so, afternoon. Friday yeah. morning.
0: Yeah, so we were up there Friday. Both Andre and I were there. A few other reporters were there. And Kim Ang, again, she can't go into specifics about what's going on with the negotiations and the lockout. But she was asked straight up, how concerned are you, given the fact that season's coming up, you haven't had the chance to communicate with any of your 40-man players at all, how concerned are you about – their, what shape they're in, what they're doing workout wise, how prepared they're going to be for whenever this happens. And her response was, in general, it's my job to be concerned. It's always my job to be concerned. It just depends on what the issue is that I can be concerned about in the present moment. And then in terms of just how things are playing out, it's they're in a holding pattern. In terms of their big league guys, they're, it's anticipation, it's waiting. And you can tell – Again, you can tell even just by the mannerisms that any sort of patience they have, it's waning because they want to see the, they want to get their eyes on their big league guys, the people who are going to be on that field, hopefully on March 31st when opening day is supposed to happen, especially because of the juncture the Marlins are in right now. Kim's going into year two (laughs) and her first real year of being able to do stuff after being able to make some free agency signings after. Her first off-season, all the uncertainty post-COVID about what they were going to do when the Marlins didn't do much. This year, they're, they're in a put-up-or-shut-up season right now. Year two for her, year five of the rebuild, if we're still calling it that. They need to put results up at the big league level this year. And every day that goes by where she can't make judgment calls in the front office and the coaching staff can't get true evaluations of where their players are, it just makes it that much tougher as they get ready for the actual season.
1: Yeah, and it sucks because, like you said, I mean, this was her first, like you could say, the r- first real full season coming in, and now you have this setback in terms of, like, not letting, you know, not letting them really jump in, and they're at an interesting point, like you said, because for the last four years, it's kind of been the future, the future, the future, Conan, yes, the future, like, all, uh, you know, looking ahead, now you're not looking, you're still looking ahead, there's still a lot of future, but there's that time frame where you want to see what you have and they're in a position where they can they can make some moves they have the means to to do it but it's like as much as you tweak your list and look at this one look at that one then it's like you have to sit there and you're like oh I can't even like officially on the record make a phone call here you know I can't do anything and then that that's yeah that's that's the frustrating part on the plus side i think they are getting a closer look at a lot of these prospects than maybe they would be normally. I mean, right now they probably still would be because spring training still wouldn't have started at this point, but they'll be somewhere in a week, a week and a half, two weeks, where they wouldn't be if we were in a normal circumstance where you could still maybe get a more deeper uh, like evaluation of a lot of these guys that they normally maybe wouldn't be able to because you're already focusing on the big league club or people that you're projecting for 2022 instead of the guys that you're projecting for 24 and 25 and so on. So unlike with everything right now, it's a, it's, a, there's a good, there's a, there's a bad side to it. And, the, and there is a, a slight benefit of it as well, because you are probably having to spend a little more time. And and some of these younger guys get maybe a little more than they normally do in this setting. Although again, I still say, and just like it was during the pandemic when they lost the season, when they lost the minor league season, the, the game, no substitute for that game experience. So it's good in that end that at least, even if it's not till you know, in, in April, they're going to start to get those games in, in the minor league season at least for the for those prospects.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And to elaborate on the prospect development camps going up in Jupiter, normally in a normal year, the Marlins and other teams have many hitting camps, maybe a two- or three-day thing, a couple of weeks before spring training with some of their top prospects, get them ready. Marlins right now, they're going all out. Basically, every one of their main prospects who isn't on the 40-man roster is up in Jupiter right now. You have the big names, the J.J. Boudet, the Griffin Conines, the Peyton Burdick, the Max Myers, is, et cetera, et cetera. But you also have that next wave of pitching, Yuri Perez, Dax Fulton. Uh, you've got the, basically the top guys from the 2021 draft class, Khalil Watson, Joe Mack, Cody Morissette, uh, Bennett Hostelter, who had, who had the big out-of-nowhere year. And it's, we're getting a chance. We're getting, we're allowed up there twice a week. We were up there. I was up there Tuesday and Friday last week. I believe this week they're going to have them, they're mixing up, mixing and matching the days based off of what they're doing to give us different looks at things going on. And it gives us an up close look at, again, that group that has been brought in over the course of these four years. You're seeing all of them right there. And you have a lot of the guys, again, Max Meyer, Peyton Burdick, JJ Day, they should all be starting in AAA this year. Max, mm-hmm. Max didn't finish there. JJ with the final month in A, and then what he did in the fall league. That gave Kim Egg the confidence to basically know that he'll be ready to take that next step. And with this, it gives us that chance to at least dive into these guys who we may not normally talk about this time of year. I mean, we're going to have a chance, and my hope is to start to talk about some of the under the radar guys. At, that we'll be getting over the course, these availabilities and potentially start doing more deeper dives into the system itself. I know that's something that Andre and I were hoping to do at some point throughout up and that we're going to try to work on until minor league season to just really take a deep look at where this group actually is. And that's mm-hmm. something that we're hoping you guys will be able to see over the coming months.
1: Yeah. And we still, and we still will do that. We're going to dive in we can, you know, compare kind of where this is at and, Take a look at some of the ones that have worked because we've seen it translate into championships over these last few years uh, in other places. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, though, the other day, I'm glad, you know, the, the perk of having this job that I have now is being able to, you know, I'm not just stuck behind the the laptop uh, the entire time. I can get out with you and, you know, and I plan to do that both on the Marlins front and other, and other beats and, and, and look at things, but I got the chance to go out there and, See the transformed J.J. J who um who, you know, he's 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 stacked and I I even had this I go I go, Wait, that's J I I remember I told you I'm like, look at him come in the take. dugout. I'm like You'll wait. Take
0: double take there, yeah.
1: I'm like, wait, which, which, which one's J.J.? Yeah. I'm like really.
0: Yeah, I okay, if, if, yeah. if you put JJ Bleday and Peyton Burks next to each other right now, outside the height differential, you wouldn't notice the difference.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, he you can t- you can tell, and, and I'm going back to like the image in my head of the time that I saw him at Vanderbilt when he, during his last season. Then I mean, looks a lot more like just just physically more imposing. And and the thing that it's a big year for him, and it's intriguing to me is yes, you can do that, and that's great, and you can get physically stronger, all of that stuff. But to me, the big question is, how did, how did his mechanics look? Is his swing more consistent? Is it better? And some of the things he talked about sounded like it was. And, I mean, he, he, he did have the results to show it in, these la- in the last few months. So that's what you hope. You hope that that's going to translate because, you know, again, we know he can hit for power. Maybe now he's even stronger. Hey, great. But it's the contact. It's if his swing's working well, the consistency on that front. We're not going to truly know that until we start seeing him play, you know, come April, you know, as far as that goes, but it's a critical season. It's not a make or break season because he's still a prospect, but it's a critical season for him. I think in the sense of you have to see what you have, he has to, you have to see more of the player that you, that you drafted more of that play, that national player of the year that you wanted to see translate into a, an everyday big leaguer. And this could be the year where he takes that leap. If, He's been able to fix all those things from 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 because it was pretty worrisome last year the way he just declined there for a little while. So if it, if it has translated, if they work them, and it all breaks the, in, in a good way, this could be that year where he kind of gets back to where you were hoping for.
0: Yeah, and you can tell the Marlins, the very least, hope that he and Peyton Burdick, Griffin Conine, that they're going to be that core group because again, with the move they made, they traded Connor Scott in order to help get Jacob Stallings. They traded Cameron Meisner, who was having probably the best year out of all their outfielder guys, to get Joey Wendell. So they're banking on this group with J.J. JJ more or less leading the charge to show up and become those those next-level guys. And, mm-hmm. again, I don't think they would have traded Cam Meisner away if they didn't think that J.J. Blade would be able to take that next step and they didn't have the confidence that he would do it. Whether it shows up, we will see in – just about two months, we'll be able to start truly testing that out. And on that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back to the second half, we'll let J.J. Bleday speak for himself about his progress, his progression, and then we'll also hear from Max Meyer as well, just from what we have saw from that first week up there at development camp. So we will be right back.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it?
0: A block. It's only a serve.
2: It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans.
0: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we're back, everyone. So we talked a lot about J.J. Boudet to close out the first half half of this episode. So let's hear from JJ himself. He spoke for a good six, seven minutes to us after development camp on Friday up in Jupiter about a little bit of everything is what he did to bulk up, why he feels more comfortable at playing at a slightly heavier weight, what he learned about himself during the struggles at the start of the year and the success at the end of the year and how he stays grounded, even when expectations are coming at him and people are starting to turn, turn away from him when he had that, those struggles early on. So with that, here is J.J. Bledet.
2: Uh, you know, we all noticed J.J. Blade is jacked. WWE <laughs> status jacked. Let's talk about, you know, putting on the weight and, you know, a good weight, it, I guess.
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, after the fall league, I really didn't have a crazy amount of time to, to, to get after it in the weight room. It's not as much as we, you know, a player normally has. Uh, so it was just kind of being efficient this year in the weight room. Uh, went out to uh, Southern California to get my body analyzed and just develop something uh, for for how my body moves to, to get on that quickly and, and uh, make it as efficient as possible. Where are you up to now? Uh, 215 to 218 right now. Yeah. So I think I was at 190 last spring or like 192 or something like that. And, you know, towards towards the end of the regular season last year, I noticed I felt better when I was a little a little bigger. So, have you noticed the difference? You know, when you get out there? these okay. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like you feel more grounded. At least me personally, I feel more grounded when I'm a little bit bigger, uh, have more body control, and then the main thing is just recovery. I have my sleep spend better and um, just overall body. Body feels a lot, any,
0: a lot more recovered. Any secrets you can share with some of us who may or may not be trying to or need the <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's really no no secret to it. Just really just put some put some work in, and, and really in. Uh, really focus and be disciplined with your diet and uh, uh, with how you're doing about your lifts for me no I mean mainly just you know making sure you're not crushing too much sugar and uh, uh, alcohol obviously just kind of monitoring the those main things to where you're getting some quality
0: nutrition uh fall week performance you there how good was it to end your season like that and have that type of performance as you head into the off season heading into this year
3: it felt good. It felt good having a face-to-mouth like that uh, to end on. And um, I was just really happy, happy that we won it, and then happy I was able to uh, um, find some success there and, uh, and work on some things in, in that type of environment. Change anything
0: mechanically or any um, form of adjustments that yeah, you it helped
3: Yeah, just kind of simplified uh, my setup, but the swing's the same. Um, it's just the routine and the approach is more refined and there's uh, better intent behind the swing. What did
2: you, I guess, learn about yourself this past season, you know, it's probably one of the first times maybe probably older to, you know, pick up things
3: right away. Yeah, I think uh, I had to go back to my, uh, after my freshman year of uh, college baseball. I struggled, oops, sorry, I struggled in the uh, in the summer ball league and the New England collegiate, or NECBL, and I kind of had to go back to that and realize what I was doing right and what I was doing wrong. The main thing just came down to trusting myself and uh, trusting my swing and kind of putting that into play, what it's supposed to feel like on a daily basis. And that just kind of came back to staying inside the baseball and getting back to the basics. You know, just kind of getting the game, quit worrying about the results, and uh, just go out on How much of a home has it been for you? in their ear. Uh, yeah, you know, I was really looking forward to being down here and seeing all the pro guys, you know, working out with the pro guys in here before before this camp started. Obviously, they're not in here, and um, that's a bummer, but I'm sure they're all getting ready, and, uh, you know, they realize what um, the goal is to be for this organization, and, you know, I'm sure whenever they figure that situation out, uh, they'll be ready to go.
2: I'm not sure if you're one of those guys who
3: sets expectations or goals. Have you thought of that? What you would like to accomplish in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think it's every kid's dream to, you know, to to make it to the big leagues. You know, that's obviously my goal is to keep pursuing that on a daily basis, and um, honestly, just be where I'm at, be where I'm, be where my feet are. Uh, I know it sounds cliche, but you know, when you're when you're in the moment, and when you're um, when you're where you're supposed to be at um, mentally wise on a daily basis. Um, that way you don't get too far ahead, and you're not too worried about the expectation, rather than um, um, you know the goal at, at hand. So, yeah, I'd say the main thing is just. Uh when in the day when in each day whether it's uh, whether it's on the field or off the
0: field and how do you do that especially again you talk about expectations again one, top five pick a couple years back everybody knowing you everybody looking at you as one of the guys how do you stay grounded and stay keep everything internally moving instead of, and trying to block out what's coming in from the outside We're kind
3: of directed to you know the young guys here and the teammates here it's uh, and, you know when you're when you're focused on helping each other out and communicating and, and getting getting you know, involved um, you know, it, it keeps you in the moment. It keeps you, uh, you know, worrying about, you know, games and, and whatnot, whether you're playing or not. Um, so I'd say just, just communicate with the younger guys, sharing, uh, sharing your philosophies and, and the way you go about your business to, uh, again, just to, to get better and to learn and to, to excel. So. I'm curious because, obviously, we talked to a few of the coaches in the week.
2: We talked about friendly competition, how it feels and pushes them. There's so much talent around when you see i guess a teammate a guy who got drafted alongside you and paid and make a triple a is that something like damn i gotta step up more like how do you you know when something like that happens for a teammate is it like damn i gotta step up Do I,
3: like like hey good for him yeah i mean i think when it comes down to it you just gotta worry about yourself you know you just gotta um again you're here for a reason so you, you gotta keep the blinders on and and focus on the job at stake and at hand and uh and, and do it with a sense of urgency, and I think that's uh, the main thing. Don't, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Um, you know, go out there, support, compete but compete with each other and against one another, and, uh, it's again, it's just going to bring out the best in everyone um, around here. Who's the
4: guy that you've seen so far in Canada that's really, like, balled out, you think, and is
3: really you so far? Yeah, I mean, it's it's I haven't really seen much lately just because we haven't been um, playing all, all that much. We've kind of just started, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, I'd say Nas has been making some good strides. Um, there's a kid, Federico Polanco, I believe. He's got a nice swing. Um, Birdie obviously looks good. Um, you know, there's just a lot of guys who I feel like have made some adjustments, so uh, it's going to be fun. Have you seen live pitching yet? Yeah, i faced, uh, I faced, I think, McCambly, Zach McCambly, Hunter Perdue, and then some younger guys. I'm not sure. If I was that curveball like looking? Good. Good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Did I wanted to ask you about
4: uh, Juan uh, co-hitter of the AFL? that's what mm-hmm. I with you up your thoughts on him and you know the competition that you guys have.
3: Yeah, Darren well, also here. But, uh, he's a good personality on the field, and um, you know he's just kind of fun to be around, even if he's not a not, uh, not your teammate. So uh, we developed a relationship that I didn't expect to happen. He you knows just uh, again he's a great hitter, got a good mentality, good first baseman. So uh, he's from Miami, I believe, right? Venezuela. Oh, he's from Venezuela. Yeah, we play together. Okay. I think he lives in Miami. Yeah. No. Oh, look, you're in Florida. But a good guy. Yeah,
0: he's a player watching. And to wrap up this episode of Fish Fights, we'll go from the 2019 first-round pick to the 2020 first-round pick. Uh, We talked with Max Meyer on Tuesday, another group setting, and he was very candid and very open about what he saw from himself in AA during his first year of Pro Bowl. The growth that he had, the expectations for himself as he moves into his second year, uh, the evolution of his pitch arsenal as he tr- starts to weave his curveball or sorry, weave a change up into his slider fastball combo and where he sees himself as he inches that much closer to the big leagues after finishing the 2021 season, the last two weeks in AAA. So here is Max Meyer. It's a pretty good feeling when they, everybody
1: can
4: face him.
0: I mean, yeah, it was the first time out.
4: Those guys haven't really seen anything. And, you know, I, I felt a little better than what I thought it was going to happen out there. So, yeah, my stuff was pretty sharp today, and it just feels good to be back out there. Yeah. You've already had big moments. Future, but today, what's today like? Are you a little extra off the face of like? Little... Um, Yeah, I mean, I was just really excited to get back out there. Uh, last night I was thinking about, you know, how long it's been, and, I want to go out there and you know make sure that all my off season training know if it feels too much different you know i still got a job every single day just go and try to be the best player i can be uh so i just you know every day is a new day so i'm just i'm just ready for the next live onset
0: max what was the biggest thing that you think you learned about yourself last year the way you handled double a game those couple starts in AAA at the end of the year what did you learn through that first year
4: yeah i think it was just the experience about um you know i didn't really have the opportunity to travel back in college and stuff and when my summer ball team, I was I was on Team USA, and we kind of just were together. I didn't get like Northwest League or anything like that, so I was on the road and away from away from my home for a lot of the season. I was just I'm happy that I was with a good group of guys, and we were able to get through that whole season. You, what do you think be, could be to get to the next step? What do you think is have to world? Um, I just think if I keep going out there and doing what I can do and what I believe I can do get my command down a little bit better maybe fastball control in and out work that uh, i think i'll, I'll be ready how did you i feel really good with it um first time out is it was, it was pretty good i didn't throw a bad one i don't think so yeah i feel good about it how how many sliders did you throw today in front of you? um four maybe four or five all good all sharp
2: is that a picture to throw early camp. That, you
4: know, yeah, you, you know, I mean, most honestly, uh, I usually lose my grip. Like, I, I'm not very comfortable with it right away. But this past season, because I knew that it was, that happens every single year, I actually had a ball next to, like, my nightstand in bed, and I'd grip it every single night, you know, making sure so I don't lose that grip. So I was able to keep it, and I'm happy with where it's at. It's just right where it needs to be. And that's, that's, that's by night, man. Can you can you taste it in mean, the way you, you moved up last season. Can you taste the big weekend? I mean, for sure. I mean, I feel like if I just go out and do my thing and just keep staying on my lifts, throwing programs, eating healthy, I mean, I feel better than ever. That's interesting because when you came in, obviously, the first year, is we know what happened, and
2: you were in the camp, and there was still that kind of
4: Everything's always like what ifs, you know, stuff like that. But I'm happy I was able to get a full season in the minor leagues. And I don't, when I go up, I want to stay there. I don't want to go back and forth. So um, I'm happy with where I'm at with uh, the whole seasons I had. And, you know, I'm just, we're going to keep, keep improving every single day. a lot of innings. I don't think I've thrown that many in my life and um, I felt good. I know they pulled me. They usually had me pull after five no matter what uh, to keep that in that certain range and I mean I was always begging for another inning but uh, I felt really healthy the whole season so I'm happy with what they did.
0: You ready to be able to have that chance to test yourself to try and go six, seven plus in addition oh, yeah. to just the length of the
4: season? Yeah, I'm ready to get about 200, 250 in.
2: What a uh A very
4: successful season. Is there something that you're most proud of from last year? Um, you know the all I can really remember about the season is honestly the group of guys that I was with. Like it was just so fun to be around those guys, and uh, everyone picked each other up every single day. We never had a bad day where everyone's sluggish. Uh, I mean, there was a couple of those actually, but you know, we always we are always ready to go, and we always play games around the locker room. So I just think it was fun just hanging out with those guys, and it was just a great season.
2: We, we just talked to this kid, Joe Mack, catcher. You
1: thrown? Have you thrown to him? And no, I have not. Uh, he seems like. Very mature for a 19 year old.
4: Yeah, very mature. I talked to him a little bit. I know he's a big Fortnite player. Uh, we'll have to play soon. But, yeah, he seems like a great kid. That's part of the, uh, of, that's part of the deal now, right? Oh, you yeah. You guys with the video games? Uh, oh, everyone's got to be playing video games, right?
0: Matt, just the talent level among the pitchers you guys have here. I mean, you look, again, the group you're with in double-A all year, and just even low-glow, low, you just what is what's that like being part of that and just you guys basically every time everyone goes out you guys are basically challenging each other in addition to trying to improve your games individually
4: yeah and i think that's what they set up kind of the organization to be is you know pitchers and we got to compete everyone everyone wants to one-up each other and uh i love that i mean our college my college was like that everyone's showing really hard and everyone's kind of chirping each other like you know, look at me, I got three punch on you. What are you going to do? And stuff like that. So I I think it's great uh, having all these guys and definitely fuels us.
2: So, a little adjacent to that, I asked Yuri when we talked to him a bit ago if he could have a pitch, someone else's pitch from the system, what would it be? So, what about you if there's
4: someone else's teammate or another dude? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I like all my pitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd probably, whoever's got a nice sinker, maybe. I'd like to add one of those. Oh, uh Bender. Bender's a little sinker he throws fastball, that thing's pretty nasty. I take that.
2: <laughs> I think you, you clearly have some fire in your belly. You could even see today, even for face I don't know if have pace hitters yet. Obviously you want to get them out, but it's also February first. Yeah. But how does your clock and your fire and where did that come from and how Yeah, know? I mean
4: every single time I'm out there I'm I'm a little too competitive, I feel like, a lot of the time and uh, if it's a bad day, you know, I'll be pretty pissed off. If it's a, if it's a good day, I'll want more out of myself. So it's tough, kind of. It's hard to be like that. But, you know, every single time I go out, I just want to dominate. And uh, that's what I'm going to be like for the rest is, of my career. Is that
2: something that in all sports that you were one of those kids as a little kid was? Like, oh, yeah. It, it didn't go your way. You
4: it didn't go my, my way. I'm crying to dad <laughs> probably. But uh, now, you know, yeah, I compete in everything I do. How yeah. early did that start? That
0: that in that in that high level when did, you, did that start for you yeah
4: i mean my brother he's a couple of years older than me so yeah. I always wanted to be better than him and <laughs> make my dad, you know, at a boy, match. Like, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, he pushed me throughout my life and all my buddies uh, back home too. They're, it was really fun. You didn't throw a lot of helmets and stuff like that. Bad oh no, I got I got some scraps in hockey yeah. though. That's for sure. <laughs> the hockey mentality. Oh yeah. yeah. What's your older brother's name? Uh, ben. Ben. Mm.
2: Uh, <laughs> you got to put that in there, all right? Yeah. Ben, is yeah. ben. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she mentioned, everybody. I'm impressed this
3: to see him. Not only because of his height, but also. <laughs>
4: Off and, and everything he does. Who Gary Everybody, Perez? But oh Perez, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't honestly seen him too much. Uh, we're we're throwing at different times, but yeah, I mean, I've heard he's really good. I know JJ, he's my roommate right now, and he said he's looking pretty good. Fastball gets on you, changeup could be a nasty pitch here soon. So you know, he's a good, he's a good player. I can't wait to you know maybe match up with him again in one of these live games. How do handle? Do you, do you um, I mean I'll see a couple I'll be just scrolling through Twitter maybe And see a couple like he dropped And you know it's honestly just like I don't think about it it's just fuel I could say a lot of things But you know it's just like it pisses me off And I just want to show everyone that You know I've I've kind of been counted out my whole life I know I got drafted third overall But you know I only had one offer And it feels like my rankings sometimes go down So does anyone you know trust me? So that's why I go out every single time, and I just want to, you know, absolutely dominate. So yeah, so you do pay attention. You, you, you I, try to channel it. I just I see I see a couple things. Yeah. You know, I'm not I don't go out of my way and look for it, but if I see some, I'll, you know, laugh and then you know so you're get You're a board guy. You have yeah. You, you'll put that up there oh, basically. Oh yeah. It's like, mm-hmm.
2: he's like you know, pretty much. Yeah. You Mentioned uh, the camaraderie. The guys, what
4: you and you are really hunting or something? Or
2: something?
4: Yeah, we we went hunting. Uh, the day when I got back, and actually the DNR stopped us, and luckily I had all my stuff for the first day. But yeah, it's good to see all those guys, and um, yeah, it's been
3: fun hanging out with them here. Actually, that's, did
2: you mention either? Yeah, it's that's
4: good. That. But, but,
3: uh, but no, we did ask. Yeah, it's just I mean, obviously you had a really good year, and then you had the unfortunate injury. But just
2: you know, being part of your draft class, your teammates with him up in Pensacola, and seeing what he's
4: what he did you know speak to this 2021 season how good he was looking yeah i mean he was my roommate too and you know we we shared a lot of similarities and you know when we go home we don't talk about baseball it's just kind of joking around and stuff and you know he's a really good guy he he's going to work extremely hard to get back and he's got a lot of talent so it's going to be fun to watch you know how good he's going to be after he recovers fully
0: All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Fish Bites. We'll be back again next week. Pitchers and catchers, unfortunately, will not be reporting to Jupiter, barring something major the next time we talk. So we will have the latest update on the negotiations at that point as well.
1: There'll be pitchers and catchers in Jupiter, but unfortunately for now, not the main ones that, that you'll see on opening day, whatever opening day finally is.
0: Yep, so we will continue all of this talk next week. Thanks so much, everyone.